Blog Talk Radio. There's something outside. What is that? the 
brush, the forest, whatever they were in. Um, and that's always intrigued me. Have you heard of that as well, Thomas? Absolutely. Uh, they seem to be have the ability to, when they do move, and they want to move fast, they can move very fast and disappear before uh, you even really have a chance to register in your mind what it was you were looking at. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, uh, and I've also heard of them doing that at night as well, which, you know, really opens up a whole other show topic about how how they're able to navigate through the pitch black. You know, it almost makes you wonder if there's some type of difference in their the way they can see versus what we would imagine that would be thinking that they are a primate. Well, I have no doubt in my mind that the Sasquatch, uh, judging by the reports, the way their eyes reflect, uh, they do obviously have uh, excellent night vision. But, you know, compared to us, most, most, most wildlife does have excellent night vision. Right, and being nocturnal, which evidently... A lot of reports are um, seen during the day because you actually can see them during the day. But it seems to me like a lot of the um, audio recordings and things from overnight recordings seem to have a lot of uh, activity to them, Um, some sounds that are unusual, and um, especially in areas where they have been reported to be. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't move about at night to um, to hunt. Or to forge or to go beyond about their business undisturbed. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, uh, many animals, even bears, they always seem to be more active at night than the, during the day. That could be just because it's usually in the, in the high summer months when it's hot out. It's generally a lot more pleasant at night than it is during the day. Uh, let's face it, if you're walking around in a fur coat all the time, you probably tend to walk around at night more, too. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, like where I'm at here, I love a lot of the listeners know, I said this before, I live right on the edge of the Uari Forest. Um, that particular area is in central North Carolina here and has the most documented sightings in this county than any other county in the entire state. Very long history um, of reports and sightings and stories around here. And it seems to be very, very active. Um, My friend David Pardue, who's the founder of the research group that I'm involved in, the Carolina Cryptid Field Research, he and some friends have been researching over there for over 10 years now. And... um, you know, they had several encounters with these things. They are supposedly here, um, but what I always try to figure out is where in the world are they staying during the day? Because there's not really any cave systems around here where people would think, well, they're hiding in caves or they're doing. It always intrigues me of of where in the world they're buckling down at during the day. What are your thoughts on that, Thomas? 
Well, here in, in British Columbia and Western Alberta, I, I tend to think the Sasquatch, assuming it does exist, is a creature of the deep woods. And it usually stays back where uh, few people go, if ever. And when they are encountered, it just happens to be when they cross a road or they come in an area where people happen to be, and that's when the sightings occur. I mean, if you look at my maps here, my study, all the pins, and boy, do I have a lot of pins now, are all along roadsides, riverbanks, lake shores, and other, uh, in other words, where people are to see them. Yet there's vast areas of green without a single pin in it, but that's not because mm-hmm. there's no Sasquatch there. It's because there's nobody there to see it, let alone report it. Well, yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. the, the one thing that really stands out here, though, is the Uari is just over 50,000 acres, and that's not really a lot compared to, I mean, it's the smallest national forest in the entire state of North Carolina, but it has the most reports. Um, mm-hmm. So I try to figure out where in the world they could be staying during the day, you know, because people do the trails at the Uari and there's ATV trails and there's um, rivers and there's fishing and there's, you know, different people about. And, yes, there have been daytime sightings, but it's only when they're traversing, you know, it's not like somebody's walked up and saw one laying on the ground sleeping up underneath some brush or anything. So I just always wonder where in the world they are staying. I think they're there. I think just 98% of the time people are going by and it's just standing still in the shadows watching the people go by and they go by none the wiser. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're they're always there. It's just a matter of not whether you see them or not. You'd be surprised. A lot of people go out hiking and during the day, and they say, I've been out for eight years, never seen a single black bear. And I bet you if you were able to look back and scan the area around them, they'd probably walk within 50 feet of a black bear a hundred times but just never saw the darn thing. <laughs> you know? Well, um, yeah, that's very true. That's very um, true. I know there are, are uh, bear in the U.R.A. Yeah, the Sasquatch being elusive as it is by nature, it just stands mm-hmm. still. I've had so many witnesses tell me if they hadn't looked right at it, they would have never known it was there. And I have no doubt it would be the same case in your area as it is here. You might have gone by one within 100 feet half a dozen times and just never saw it. I'm yeah, sure that's that kind happens. of a creepy thought. <laughs> yeah, quite quite often it happens quite often. Yeah. Uh, I I I've heard that too, where people, you know, it's almost like they're they're looking at it, and then it takes their mind a few to figure out what it is that they're looking at because it's it's self camouflaged into the the background or into the tree line or whatever they're seeing them in, and. Um, it seems like they're masters at camouflage, and I think one would have to be in order to be so elusive and to avoid human contact. Of course, and they're masters of their environment. Put it that way. Like here in the in the West Coast, you look into the trees; it's it's almost like uh, it's so thick in there. Quite often, even during the day, in a bright sunny day, it's almost like night in amongst the trees because it's so dark and, and there's so much shadow and so many ways to blend in and hide. 
I mean, it, it's not difficult. It's not difficult. I, I've stood still and watched people walk past me 10 feet away, and they never saw me. So it happens. It happens, yeah. So that would be um, sort of like where people have, uh, they may believe that these things have some type of paranormal ability to um, cloak or to, I don't know, disappear through a portal. I I mean, I don't know. We've had, we've talked about this a little bit in the past, um, and I certainly don't know. I, I can't tell you whether or not portals are real or not. There's people that have said that they swear by that they've seen them. Okay, well, I'm not going to call someone a liar. They, maybe they, they thought that's what they saw. Um, but to answer the the mystery of the whole Sasquatch phenomena with another mystery is is... It doesn't help a thing, and I think if if people would really look into the fact that these things are, like you said, masters of their environment, very elusive, um, they can disappear into the woods in a flash, but that doesn't mean that they're cloaking, um, what people call cloaking. I, no, I can never figure that out, why people want to jump to that conclusion. No, it's just it's just as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. The Sasquatch does indeed exist. It has keen animal senses and is very elusive by nature, which is the the biggest reason for their success so far. It's the reason why we haven't confirmed it. It's the reason why we don't have Sasquatch on display in zoos. Because officially, uh, it's only sighting reports and stuff, and it hasn't been confirmed to actually exist. And why hasn't it been confirmed to exist? Because we haven't caught one. Why haven't we caught one? Because they're very hard to catch. Right, right. You know, uh, you don't have to go into the paranormal or anything like that. It's just keen animal senses and awareness. And uh, probably extremely uh, rare, maybe one Sasquatch for every hundred bears in any given area. So the idea of this creature existing and still not not registered in our zoos and our wildlife uh, uh, books and everything else, other than a mystery, is is the, is just that we have not found them. Yeah, and. That also leads me to another topic that just, oh, Lord, so much debate about that, um, not having caught them. Well, what about not having caught them on game cams? Um, that, that is a thing that is starting to bother me, and I'll tell you why. I don't know if we've talked about this in the past, but... Uh, I had an idea a number of years ago. We have a, a highway here between uh, Hope in the south and Kamloops in the north. Uh, it was called the Coquihalla Highway, and they built that highway in 1986 during well, it was Expo year, and they wanted it finished by then. And they built this highway right through the heart of so many areas notorious for sightings. And in order to keep wildlife from being killed on the highway, they put along its whole length wildlife fences. Okay? 
And uh, in order to let the wildlife get, get from one side of the highway to the other, they built wildlife tunnels. And there's, I believe, 18 of them along the length of the Coquihalla Highway. And I had an idea uh, some years ago, but I don't have a million dollars to throw away. If we could put, you know, video cameras that operate on solar power to monitor those wildlife tunnels and all the tunnels that allow rivers and creeks to pass through, anything big enough for a man to get through. And we monitor that for 24-7, 365 days of the year. And enough time goes by that we get the video footage of every living creature that we know is there, i.e. moose, elk, deer, black bears, cougar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in that time, we don't get one single shot of a Sasquatch, then that would convince me that the Sasquatch is probably just mythology and folklore. But like I said, no one, no, I don't have a million dollars to do this, and the government certainly is not interested in doing anything like this. Right. So it hasn't been done. However, on the eastern part, in Banff National Park, they did the same thing along the Trans-Canada Highway that goes through Banff National Park, and they built tunnels and overpasses. Well, guess what? They have been putting cameras on the overpasses. The only outage I have is uh, on this is it's not 365 days of the year. But they've been doing it for 10 years. Mm. And they've gotten footage of every animal we know exists in the park, but they don't have footage of a Sasquatch. That bothers me. Yeah. That bothers well, me. Well, do you I think if they did have footage, they would tell people? Well, of course. I don't, I don't, I don't buy into government cover-up conspiracy, conspiracy theories. Conspiracy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy into that. that's a whole other Yeah, yeah. I, I don't buy into that. I think, I mean, you can go onto YouTube and look at the footage from Banff National Park. It's amazing. As a matter of fact, when they first built the overpasses and tunnels, the grizzly bears that were alive when they were built wouldn't use them. But young bears who have grown up since their construction use them regularly. Wow. For about eight years, the grizzly bears wouldn't use them. But the bears born after they were built were used to them and did use them. And they were able to document that. And it's amazing. They got everything, even the rare animals, wolverines, mountain lions, you know, things you don't usually see that often, bobcats. Now, they got it. They got footage, but they don't have footage of a Sasquatch. And that, that bothers me. Okay, and then that area is known for um, reports, that particular oh, area? Oh, absolutely. I have about eight or nine of them myself. I, when I was in Alberta, I, I, I often got reports in, in, in Banff National Park, some of them right along, and in one case, on an island right in the middle of the damn highway. So Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's happened. Reports, I think, were reliable, right. but I can't why they would not have picked something like this up by now if mm-hmm. it was there to be well, picked up. Well, that's a good point. That's if it was there to be picked up. But the only out the they have pressure. is they, don't, they have not been using the cameras 365 days of the year. They put them out a week here, a week there, things, something like that, right? So there's an out there, but it's a getting to be a slim one. Right. Now, do they do the night vision cameras as well? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. The cameras 
they have a, okay. a switch the light mode automatically. If the sun goes down, they they automatically mm -hmm. turn because it's the okay. Parks Canada running this. The Sasquatch is not in their mind. They're just monitoring how, yeah, how monitoring, the right, right. They're how not trying to catch us. Are working, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just monitoring it, and they for like I said, they've got video footage of everything you can think of, but not what I would, what we all wish would they would get. Hmm. Well, that's uh, something to think about there. Yes, absolutely. And it doesn't make good sense, though. You know what I mean? It just... Uh, Not logical. Are if these things so rare that... I mean, it's like chasing a moving needle in a haystack, then, or what? Well, it's getting to the point where just saying... Uh, put it this way. If those cameras are out 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, I would say by now that hey, the Sasquatch is just mythology and folklore. But because they don't have them out there continuously, there's an out there. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, okay, the Sasquatch went over when the camera wasn't there. <laughs> but it's getting right, to be grass draws if it gets to the point where they monitor 300. I mean, they've gotten footage of everything, everything, but they haven't got footage of a Sasquatch, even people. Strange people who are walking through the bush, and people don't. Who are these people? What are they doing there? <laughs> oh my gosh! Huh? Yeah, because I don't. I mean, I know some people who have some some things that they have on caught on their game cam that they won't show publicly. Um, some very interesting captures. And that could just be the case as well. I mean, a lot of people that are legit researchers who aren't looking for attention on the Internet won't share things like that with the general public because they, first of all, people will say, oh, you hoax that. So I mean, what's the point anyway, right? You can't prove anything with a, a game cam clip or a game cam video. You just can't. It all depends on how good and clear the game cam clip is. Most of the ones I've seen, you just get snippets of something that's hairy that's right next to the camera. You can't tell what mm -hmm. it is, so there could be other explanations. Right. And it's the same logic is still true. If an object in a, in a video image or a still photo is open to interpretation, then as evidence, it is uh, no, of no use because there could be other explanations for it. What we need okay. is one of these game cameras to pick up an image that's clearer or better than the PG film. Yeah. You know? I, well, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's either a Sasquatch or... controversy about the PG film 50 years later, so... Yeah, I know, but you, what you've got to get is an image that's that clear that you can say that is a Sasquatch or it's either the best costume that's ever been produced. All right. You know, like the TV film is, yeah. We don't. We get we get, we get little snippets of here and there. There's one fascinating one where something seems to be burying something in front of the or was burying the camera. I think that was from Northern California, and it's weird looking, but you can't tell what it is. Mhm. Mhm. Mm yeah, who knows? and I don't. Um, I think that. The reason why we, we can't capture them, you know, really good views on the camera is because there's just not a bunch of them roaming about 
really? I don't think it, and some people think it may have something to do with them being able to hear the game cam. Um, something we can't hear with our naked ear, they might be able to hear something. Um, there's all well, kinds then, of different theories as to why that is, but. Um, well, why would the Sasquatch be more affected by them than a grizzly bear or a black bear or a moose mm-hmm. or a mountain lion? We all got good images of those. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that that's another head scratcher. Of why we we don't have anything um There is a there is yet, but one one you got a, a black bear. Well, there's probably a hundred black bears for every Sasquatch in any given area, and it's a long shot that a Sasquatch is going to walk in front of this caravan and all those thousands of acres out there. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. I mean, there's just so it's so massive, uh, the size of the forest where they, you know, have been reported versus how many game cams are out there. So, absolutely. But uh, let's see, going back to the the way that they move. Um, now I had a uh, I interviewed a, a guy a few months back where he saw one of these creatures um with the landowner they had been investigating this landowner's property because they had been having some weird experiences going on and they had actually seen one and that that's it that that was enough they called in the cavalry you know to come in and and tell me what this is I'm seeing so the landowner and one of the investigators, they had um, their infrared cameras, and he picked up something at the tree line, kind of bobbing back and forth behind a tree. So he stayed focused on it, and it came out from behind the tree and dropped down on all fours. And his, the best way he could describe the way it moved would be like a spider crab. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that just freaks me out. That creeps me out. But anyway, he he watched it, and then he looks over at the landowner, and he hands him the camera. He goes, I hope you're ready for this. And he looks, and he sees it, and I guess he just, you know, his life changed right there, this, this gentleman. Um, couldn't believe what he was seeing. But the way it moved was uh, just sideways. It was moving sideways, not forward, not backwards, but rather sideways, like a spider crab. You know, I really hope I never see anything like that, Thomas. <laughs> I'd probably come an inch. Well, wasn't that Have you heard anything like that before? Well, yes, uh, just a year or so ago, uh, uh, a fellow researcher and colleague, I won't say his name, because I don't know if he wants it to be publicly, this public knowledge, I'll just call him Jay, was up in a uh, campground at the north end of Chehalis Lake, near where rock slide uh, took took, took out the road, so this campsite isn't visited very much anymore. And he was walking around, and Jay, he's a tall man. Like, he's he's well over six feet tall. 
and he had on one of those headlamps, you know, on his forehead. And he looked, and he saw two eyes reflected at him that appeared to be about nine feet off the ground. And so he, he doesn't know. He doesn't see the outline of anything because it's just too far away, but he sees the eyes reflecting, right? And all of a sudden, those eyes come down the ground level. It's almost a thing was deciding whether or not it had actually been spotted. Now, you can almost imagine the Sasquatch view. He's looking at this man. It sees the beam of light as he's looking to his left, to his right, in the opposite direction. And suddenly, he turns, and it's right in his face. Oh, man. So it went down, brown. And even though he couldn't see the form, it seemed to turn away at first and crawl away in a salamander-like maneuver. I guess crap. Oh, crap Lord. Yeah. But as soon as it got into the trees, it almost sounded like whatever it was got up and was walking away normally because he could hear it moving, and then he couldn't hear anything at all. But that's what he saw was the eyes reflecting about, you know, eight, nine feet up in the air, and then all of a sudden they went down to ground level when his light was on it. And he, I, I almost, uh, almost picturing the Sasquatch point of view, all of a sudden this light, he's watching moving around on this figure, suddenly it's pointing right at his face, right? Uh, whoop, been spotted. It goes down. Right. Sure it's been spotted. And for a little longer, it's still in his face, and it turns around and crawls away. <laughs> Wow. That kind of thing has happened been reported before. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Brad Trent, uh, he had a sighting in the 1980s, not too far from here. Uh, it was down at, a, at, at the side of, of Norris Creek, and he was looking down. It's a steep valley with high, high banks, and he was up on the road looking down on this thing. And it was standing upright when it was by the creek, but... He doesn't open Solomon up, but for some reason it started climbing up the hill, and it seemed to be using its hands and arms to climb up the hill, and it kind of kind of looked like a toad or a frog from from Brad's uh, angle. You know, he could see the arms coming up and that, and then the feet out to the side as it went up this hill, and then when the hill wow. got not quite as stood up again. And the most amazing thing is, I say, Brad said it would have taken me an hour, hour and a half to get up this hill. This thing did it in like three minutes. So basically what it sounds like is when people are out here, you know, investigating and, and looking for them or looking, um, trying to get a glimpse, they're not always going to be at the seven, eight foot level. Maybe they're down on the ground in the bush. Could be. In the high ground. Yeah. The the eyes I saw in August of this year, I, I thought it was raccoon night. That's why I wasn't thinking Sasquatch. When they turned away and walked away from me, when I pulled in, I realized there's an eight-foot ditch there. <laughs> right. Yeah, we talked about yeah. it. And that was red eye shine. That was red eye shine, correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it was a Sasquatch. I don't know what it was. All I saw was the eyes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I know that um, David Pardue always tells me, he's, he's like, you know, because I, where I live here, it's um, there has been reported activity very, very close to here as well, and I'm just a few miles from the edge of the Uari, um, and I'm only 14 miles away from 
the campground where Mike Green recorded the um, footage of the one that Billy crawled up the hill and got the the candy bar off the stump and uh, called him Squeaky. We had a nickname for that one. He called him Squeaky. But I'm only 14 miles away from that exact spot, from my doorstep. So David Pardue always loves to tell me when I'm sitting out that fire pit by myself and I'm hearing those odd, strange screams and howls and yells and different things that, by the way, we're going to be um, playing some of that audio in an upcoming show. Uh, he's always like, you know, they could very well all just be out there uh on their stomachs in your tall grass just watching you. And I'm like, do you have to tell me that? <laughs> He's like, yeah, don't look for them at eight feet, Julie, because they're not just going to waltz up, you know, and they're going to slither up. They're going to sneak up. They're going. They're very stealthy. You know, the way that he's, he's seen them mobilize themselves over in the Uari. Um, it seems a lot of the sightings around here are of these things at a lower level on all fours or, you know, the spider crab walk, because that was here in in southern state, um, just two states down from me, actually, is where that happened. Um, And there was, you you remember that show Finding Bigfoot that was on a few years back? Oh, yeah. They had come over here to the Uari, and it's probably been a good eight years now. But they had come over here to the Uari, and uh, and they did a town hall, and they um, went over to the Uari and did um, a reproduction of the whole Mike Green and the squeaky footage that I just mentioned. And um, they talked to a couple that were on ATVs on the the, – ATV route up there, and the woman was on the back of the ATV. Her husband was driving. She glanced over, and one of these things was standing there as they drove by, and it got down on all fours and began to chase them. And, of course, she was terrified. She said she just buried her head in the back of her husband's shoulders there and thought, I'm going to die now, you know, and... Uh, they just he went as fast as he could off that trail, and um, you know I think it was just bluff charging them to make sure that they kept going that direction away from where it was. But I mean, do you have a lot of reports of them um, dropping down on all fours? No, not a lot. I mean, it seems like a there lot of them few. from here are like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there are a few, but they're not a lot. Most of the times people see them, they move, they're standing, and they walk away upright. But every now and then, mm-hmm. it all, I think it all depends on circumstances and cover and what it was doing, you know, right. how close you were, that kind of thing. Um, uh, like this, the, like I told you, Big J, uh, the thing, he just assumed it went down because the eyes went down. He never really got a look at it because it was that far away. He could see the eyes reflecting in his headlight, but he couldn't see the body. And it seemed to turn around, and he just saw the, some places where the black was blacker than the black around it. It appeared to be crawling away in a salamander-type move <laughs> uh, until it got into uh, a bush, and then I 
got up and carried on on its way, right? Uh, who knows? But the Sasquatch, if it's a bipedal creature, there's no reason to assume that it's not going to duck down for and take right. advantage of cover or low-hanging cover. That's just logic. Everything does that. Mm-hmm. You know, people well, do yeah, it. Yeah, and if they... Who knows how long they've been in existence? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, when I was in the Army, I spent more time crawling around with my belt, with my gut, and with my uh, elbows and knees than I did walking upright. <laughs> exactly. And you can imagine if something is that large and trying to remain elusive Absolutely. and realizes there's people in the vicinity, then yeah. I mean, I would probably drop down into the high grass myself and just stay hidden. Yeah, absolutely. Or stand perfectly motionless. I still think Roger and Bob, if if the horses hadn't reacted, they might have ridden right on by Patty on October 20, 1967, never been the wiser. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, horses should have been. It wasn't wasn't yeah. Patty squatted down when they first saw well, it? Well, Roger at one point said it was, but Bob never saw it squatted down. He just saw it walking away. Uh, mm-hmm. I had the feeling she just watching. Uh, she was watching them. The whole, probably approach. I don't think they surprised her at all. I think, I think she was just watching them, staying perfectly still. And when the horses reacted, then she reacted, and, uh, and history was made. Mm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and also, I think at at night when people are um, out there and they have their night vision equipment or their thermal. Um, don't always be looking at the eight and nine foot level. Um, look, you know, especially if you have tall grass where you're at in that area. You know, scan through that. Scan through the lower parts of the the tree line, or I'm even scan. up in the trees. Now I've heard stories the, about them climbing to the top too. Yeah, yeah, especially if they're younger ones. I have no doubt if they have young and. One probably one of the safety features when they're young is to stay in the trees. Mhm. Yeah. Uh, so you can walk uh, right underneath one and not even know it. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. It's <laughs> so like I said. Uh, I've heard probably people people said they hadn't looked right at they would never would have known it was there and they're only like ten feet from the thing. That's incredible. They just don't know it's there because it's blending in with the environment, its environment and the shadows so well. And your eyes don't adjust there unless you see it move, you know. And if it doesn't move, you may be thinking you're looking at a large stump there amongst all the other large stumps, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it, It happens. I'm pretty sure it does. Oh, yeah. Now, see that you mentioned that, um, I have a friend that uh, was in a vehicle with three other people, and they were in an area that was notorious for these things being sighted. And they were going down, I think it was either an old logging road or an old dirt road, and they went by this area, and they all saw this large, what they thought was a very large boulder or what was left of a very large tree stump. But after they got by it, they all started thinking, now, wait a minute, that that just didn't look right. 
and when they went back by it, that it was gone. So who knows what that was, but that's kind of unusual indeed. I know of another. Yeah, I, I imagine here. they see you coming in a car, and if they don't, they're not just going to stand there and you know stare at you. Perhaps they do um, square up themselves to to try to blend in with the background, and you know it's harder to see something that's kind of uh, hunched down and maybe even tuck its head in. The form being. Um, more blended into the the background than than standing there and you know you see the arms you see the legs I think these things will, will do anything to keep from being seen on if they have time and if they you know see you coming yeah they're very elusive by nature uh, like I said I I know of a count here uh, not too long ago where a fellow was driving down. Uh, Hemlock Valley Road and near near the Stahelis Reserve with the word Sasquatch was first coined in the 1920s. He's driven this road a thousand times. He was looking uh, over the right-hand side of the road where there's some old gross snags that were like not quite stumps or a little taller, right, broken dead trees. Uh, he saw this one snag. He said, I don't remember seeing that before. That one was in there before. And he went to the store, bought, his, bought whatever he was buying, came back, and that snag and that he was curious about wasn't there <laughs> uh, yeah it was gone yes the other stuff that he'd seen a million times were there but the one that caught his attention because he didn't notice it and it was standing so still he didn't think anything of it he said, i don't remember seeing that snag there and he turned back and he comes back and it's gone who knows what did he see a sasquatch standing there who knows right exactly yeah. Uh, who knows yeah Hmm. Point is, in the fading light, and it was that time of day where it's just going from dusk to dark, and all the stumps look like, well, it looks like an army of Sasquatch standing still on the side of the hill there. And you've seen them a thousand times, and he just saw this one, and he said, I don't recall seeing that one there before, and uh, he, can, he thought about it, and he just drove up to the the, the little store there, and he, I think he bought a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter to take back to the cafe. He came back, and he looked over that area again, and the, the other three stumps that he'd seen a million times are still there, but that fourth one was gone. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, that, that reminds me of um, a story somebody told me that actually ran into one on a on a path in the middle of the night, <clears throat> and he had his he had night vision with him and he's standing there and he's like he heard something moving on the trail ahead of him so he thought it seemed like it was awful close and he, he raised his camera up and he's looking and he couldn't see a thing he thought the lens cap was still on it you know so he fills around and feels that there's no lens cap on it's hanging there and he's like why in the heck isn't this thing working and he didn't realize it but another investigator that was probably about 10-15 feet behind him had her night vision camera and what she was seeing was there was one of them standing right in front of him on that trail 
And what he was seeing was the chest of this thing. He was five feet from it. And he didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. She said that it had its head tucked down. Like it all of a sudden put its head down thinking, you know, well, maybe if I don't see it, it won't see me. But, um, And then it just kind of moved off to the side very quietly and slowly moved off to the side and disappeared into the trees. And that's when she told him, you know, <laughs> I got something I need to tell you. You know, don't freak out, but this is uh, this is what I saw. And he said, well, that explains why I couldn't make out where in the heck I was. You know, he thought maybe mm-hmm. somehow he ended up standing in front of a tree. I take it these night vision devices were just like binoculars. They weren't recording devices of any kind. No, they were just the night, you know, night vision, um, right. the binoculars. Right. Now, they did have recording devices with them as well. Uh, I think what they did with those is that once they got at their campsites, they would put those on tripods and have them go in different directions. Um, and it seems like when you least expect you're going to see one, that's when you're going to see one. That that I learned. People have told me over and over. You know, you, when you least expect it, that is what's going to happen. Um, and you're not always going to have a camera sitting there in your hand waiting for it. <laughs> oh, it reminds me of a funny story in Sasquatch Park. I mean, uh, uh, in uh, in uh, Deer Lake Campground. No, it was Hicks Lake Campground. Uh, and he was in the spot, and he was only like 40 feet from the outhouses, and he went to use the outhouse at night, came back, the thing crossed the trail between his campsite and the outhouse. It was right there. He just walked and wow. walked and walked and walked away. He almost walked right into it. He said, at first he thought it was a bear, and he, and, but it was upright. And he, it just it it acted like it didn't even know he was there. It just totally ignored him, just walked right in front of him out of the way. And he made the mistake of telling his wife about it, and the poor woman spent the next two days. She refused to go to the bathroom. Oh, no. <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's my biggest fear is, um, <laughs> yeah, walking into one of these things at night over at the URI because, you know, when we go over there yeah. and camp out, like you said, they could be 10 feet from you and you not know it. Um, I, I just don't know what I'd do if I was ever in that situation because although I know a lot of people – who believe they've seen uh, these things. I haven't. I so there's still a part of me that says, really, are these things real? Well, I hope you'd start taking pictures. And until pictures. I see one, I'm not going to be able to say, yeah, I, I, they're real. Yeah. Because I don't know. Yeah. Um, if and when the day comes when I do see one of these or run into one of these things, I, I just don't know, you know. I hear people say that it's, so life-changing for them that sometimes they wish they had never seen one. I would love just to be able to confirm I've been right for 41 years and haven't been wasting my time. (laughs) (laughs) 
I may have mm-hmm. seen and there's one. people that say, nope, I know they're, uh, I don't care what you say, I don't care what you think about me. Well, just, just I imagine how know what sound, I saw. Julie, just imagine how we sound to someone who's had a good, clear sighting of one. They know, right? They know. And yet they, t- they hear someone like me looking for 41 years, may have saw one once that was so far away I can't say for certain, and then I saw a pair of eyes that I don't know what they were, you know, and I'm still here 41 years of searching, researching, interviewing witnesses, doing all this research, catching footprints, and I still don't know if the Sasquatch does indeed exist. Now, you imagine someone who's had a good, clear sightings where they have no doubt in their mind how ridiculous we sound. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know several people that um, yeah. just roll yeah. their eyes at me when I you know, talk yeah, like that. They're like, oh, Lord, and, you just never learn, are you? If the Sasquatch is real, <laughs> people have had a good sighting of it. People like us talking about it, who've been doing all this for so long and not had a good sighting, we must sound like babbling idiots. Yeah, because, of course, they, they, they've seen it. They know. You know. <laughs> I'd love to oh, yeah. see one like yeah. Just once. Just once. So I could just say, hey, I was right. Good. Have you ever run into one right. like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope you do, too. And, you know, the, the Hendon, he never saw one. John Green, he never saw one. So it's um, amazing how... The you know you and those two people there have spent countless times being out in the woods, going to places where they and taking reports, talking mm-hmm. to people. But the Hendon got to that point where he just well, even wondered if they really existed. He was so frustrated. Oh yeah, he, well he he always did. He he it was a mystery. He was trying to find an answer. His greatest one of his greatest quotes is. Something is making those goddamn tracks. You know, and that was it. <laughs> so he devoted his life to it, but he he went he said he went and spent his whole life to it, and uh, he never got a, a fleeting glimpse even once. Uh, John oh man! Green, I know John Green. He never ever ever said he ever saw anything like a Sasquatch. Never had an encounter. As far as I know, near to the Lake Grover Kratz. And then Bob Timmis claimed uh, sightings on uh, two occasions. Wow. Uh, me, myself, I don't know what I, what it was I saw. It may, I can't say with 100% certainty it wasn't a big, odd-looking man up there in that ridge in 2004. I can't say. But if he was, he was a very odd one. Uh, Large uh, guy. Larger than life. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, old Cranes drive around the the mountains of uh, the Pacific Northwest in his vehicle with a gun, a shotgun, hoping that he could see one and and get a shot at it. That's how frustrating he was sitting. Oh, DeHinden? No, uh, Grover Krantz did that. Oh, Grover Krantz did go, yeah. He went out a lot with a rifle because his attitude was his... If we get one specimen, it would answer the question. Uh, if they're if killing one animal, and he was absolutely right and logical in this thing, and if killing one animal could terminate the whole species, they're doomed mm-hmm. anyway. It's going to happen sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. Right. Typically, yeah, he, he got very frustrated, and um, 
drove around at night looking, you know, that flashlight popped out there, <laughs> flashing it all along the tree line. Um, but you really got to be careful, especially this day and age. Some clown on a couple of years ago in Montana was trying to freak out drivers wearing a ghillie suit running across the road, and he got hit and killed. I know. <laughs> oh, man. Stuff, I guess he did just... that several times before that, and his friends were like, man, you're going to get yourself killed. And he's like, no, it's all good. Uh, yeah. Not a thing I'd recommend people to do. No. As a matter of fact, with the researcher, there's one golden rule. One golden rule. If you call yourself a researcher, there's one golden rule you have to always obey. Thou shalt never hoax. Exactly. For any reason. Yeah, and I think that's why the people who have been at this a long time, you know, like you, like DeHendon did, like John Green, and the fact that they never saw one and they admitted that they never saw one speaks volumes for their character because it would well, be very easy to say, oh, yeah, I saw one, yeah, I know they're real. But, um, you know, that's what a good researcher does. If they don't go down that road. Thou shalt not hoax. Not ever. Yeah, and that that could be a whole other um, show just on the the whole hoaxing phenomena. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. especially here lately. Yes, it's reached epidemic proportions. Unfortunately, I mean. Uh, 90, 90% of what you see on YouTube and stuff, uh, I, I just uh, dismiss out of hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of this stuff's I, gotten absolute, and I'll go ahead and say it, and forgive me to my listeners, but some of these people are batshit crazy, okay? <laughs> They're out there talking to the quote-unquote forest people, that are invisible, standing right there. They can mind speak with them, and I mean, it's just oh my, mm, mm, mm. no, just no. Sasquatch field, and you know you've heard me say this before, is a asylum that's been taken over by the inmates. Yeah, yeah, and it's it baffles me because why is it just because they may have unusual behaviors or are able to do unusual things that we we're not familiar with because we've never seen it we haven't documented it scientifically why jump to the paranormal why and i some of that's just attention seeking stuff and it's almost like a cult mentality out there there's some particular people who they're not really yeah actually have followers yeah, they're 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 just out for their you know, fifteen minutes, and they and they do that because they know it's an endless circle that there's no end to it, and <laughs> I don't know maybe they'll get, maybe they'll get, hear themselves on coast to coast radio with George Nori or some damn thing someday. That's it. <laughs> Good lord, yeah, and um, you know I, I know that. Most of the people who listen to this show are more of the uh, old school type. Um, 
and are more interested in the scientific aspect of investigating. So I know that they can relate to what we're saying. And um, mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people that just get so frustrated with the behaviors of some of these people out here. And, um, you know, I don't know. The Internet, in many ways, a great tool it is, has been the worst thing to ever happen to this research because it's a soapbox yeah. for every snake oil salesman out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's there's some real good investigators out there, too, though, that are really... Oh, yeah. They don't get the attention. Reality isn't sexy enough for the tabloid mentality of the media. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to follow Julie Ranch as she as she uh, has cameras monitoring an area where they sit by the fire of Thomas Steenberg looking for footprints on a creek bed, or are they going to talk to this guy who claims he speaks with them all the time, communicates with them every now and then, and they come onto his property and leave him gifts? Right. What's well, more exciting, yeah, right? I mean, that's, that's the reality of it, though. Um, that's the reality. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that investigating is boring or tedious, but what I'm saying, because I love being out in the, the woods, you know, whether oh, I was investigating Sasquatch or not, I'm I'm an outdoors person. I That's where I'd rather be is anywhere outdoors. Um, but it's not all this wonderful glamorous finding evidence every time you walk out the out the door thing either. And so for us to for us to walk around with a camera and show everybody what we're doing, they'd be like, yawn. You know, that's that's kind of boring to me. Um well, to the general to public who watch fifteen minutes of thought a year, it's awful boring. They want to mm-hmm. hear the sexy mon Stories, you know, they want to hear the incredible encounters, and uh, and they and they and they want to see something, and right. so that's why all programs go through all this BS to give the audience something to see. <laughs> yeah, because, and that's true. I mean, and all in all, like finding Bigfoot, I I had this discussion with its producers. They say it's a show. Their top priorities to justify another season. I mean, he even said yeah. to me, the worst thing that can ever happen to us is we find Bigfoot. <laughs> ah, yeah, it'd be done. <laughs> but, yeah, I think one thing I, I took out of this show tonight, Thomas, was um, there seems to be a lot more reports down here in the southeast of these things being on all fours than there are up and where you're at in the BC area or up, you know, in your particular area up there. Um, and that gives me something to think about and chew on. So, very good. Stick to the facts, never deviate from the facts, and keep a healthy dose of common sense. Just because something doesn't act the way you expect it to doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Exactly. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Excellent. <laughs> well, Thomas, we're right there out of time here, and um, it's been a really good show this time. Of course, it's a good show oh, every time 15. because of Steenberg, but um, I really did take a lot from this particular show, and 
I think I'm going to do some investigating into why that might be and see what I can come up with. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, everybody. Go ahead, Thomas. All I can say is, folks, always keep your eyes open. Never go anywhere without a camera. And try to be ready to use it at a moment's notice. Because when it Mm -hmm. happens, it will probably only be a moment. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you never know what you've walked past in the forest. Yeah, uh, you never know. you, but you didn't see it. Always remember. In the forest, you are always being watched. Creepy. It may not be a Sasquatch, but there is no time you walk in the forest that you are not being watched. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, I think that's a good way to end the show, then, everybody. Think about that the next time you're out there investigating. But, listen, we want to thank you guys for joining us. And, Thomas, thank you again for your, your wonderful insight and uh Great show. So we'll do it I again. My leg. Show number fifteen, by the way. What? This was show number fifteen. Was it fifteen? Wow. Won't be long. We'll be at number twenty. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I we've got a lot of good feedback from our listeners, so we really appreciate you guys continuing to uh, walk this journey with us. And Thomas, I will see you on the flip side. And until we meet again, keep it squatchy.